0: In the previous episode, Jarrod shares his digital and data transformation case on helping the government with volunteers' acquisition strategy for non-profit organizations. He also shares a project that makes money at the expense of others' privacy. At the same time, he shared a successful data transformation story of how a digital marketing campaign is done in a country of unrest. This episode continued the part three conversation with Jarrod and Jarrod and Andrew exchange views on the difference between a data analyst and a data scientist, the difference between a technical data scientist and a client-facing data scientist. Andrew shares a trend that companies are seeking data strategies to build data roadmap and data blueprint for companies and Gerard mentioned the need that companies do not just stop at that stage but follow up closely to implement the roadmap and blueprint to avoid a translation gap. Both agreed that companies need to be patient with implementing data transformation as Gerard shared a funny story about Twitter wanting a machine learning model in the next second. Let's continue.
1: Even investors who actually just want to understand what data science innovation are you going to sell, so if you actually start to talk to them about oh it's adjusted R square, oh you're using Python, oh you're using XGBoost, that's it. They'll just say I'm sorry, it's very interesting, but then I don't want to invest.
2: <laughs> it's also that story. Can you tell us like how what exactly happened? Like how did it begin? What was going through your head as well?
1: It comes from requests from clients that say, I want something that is this certain product, data science innovation, that actually solves solve my business problem. And then we come up with an innovation that actually earns that valuation of the company $13.4 million USD. And then that allows the customer to actually find out information from the US or China without ne- needing them to have data themselves so yeah it sounds kind of (laughs) creepy so it's possible anyway so that's actually where the innovation spirits come from that is then i will consistently start to think about what does the market what the market needs what can we feed inside the market which can solve the business issue of a certain industry let's say if you're in oil rig what is the oil rig issue facing? Let's say you're in healthcare. What is the healthcare issue facing? If you are in retail e-commerce, what is the retail e-commerce facing? So if you can actually find a solution that can actually be repeatedly being used for con- from company to company, that and then you can set it up in a very strategic manner and the procedure is like standard, standardized oh. in the company, it oh. is almost like going to a product phase really.
2: And what was the challenge that you think that you were going through at a time when you were trying to build a product, when you were trying to even also source whether the data is available? It's a very common problem
1: yeah, in it's a common lot of companies. Problem. Yeah. But then what I did was, so I was consistently start to actually think about, this is actually a business problem. Then is it actually a data which the business is likely to have? When you actually work in that industry for quite some time, You will know, for example, in a credit card company, definitely will have credit score. Definitely will have customer information. You can't run away. The bank will have customer information. The bank will have transaction on the card itself. Then can you actually create a product out of it? Yeah. I mean, what is the difference between a project and a product? Is that a project actually, you build on the spot for them, you hands off, and then tell them what's the model and then that's that, right? Yes. But a product is something which you can actually um, ask them to buy, maybe say on a subscription basis. Yes. And then it's not a hands-off. You don't need to tell them what's in the model. And then they will actually just be a subscriber to the that product mm-hmm. that you had. And then it's yours forever. And then it's not just a one time project anymore.
2: Ah, uh, so it's almost like I call it like embedded analytics or embedded machine learning. So it's yeah. like, this yeah. particular piece of work, whatever product to yeah. enable it to have continuity. Whereas, let's say a project, like say in this case for your, for the government, for policy is the insights, the takeaway for them to say, okay, let's do this because it has five years ramification, Something whether on okay. a daily basis, it's a different story, right? Yeah.
1: So then to convince the the investor is a totally different thing altogether because the investor will actually think product as plug and play. Ah, yes. As, as data scientists, it can be a challenge for plug and play most of the time because we need internal data. We yeah. need to clean the data. Yes. So sometimes the business people can come to you, ah, oh, our data is perfectly clean. That's no <laughs> shit. <sure."> when <laughs> I they actually you. hear that the data is perfectly clean, that's a red flag. <laughs>
2: How do you come? Okay, first of all, how do you sense this kind of red flags? What are the red flags? Because I also still learning. Sometimes I got, I don't call it corner, but I was like, mm, I learned something. Yeah.
1: When they say that the data is perfectly clean, you know that it's a red flag, really. <laughs> you don't need to think so much. Just say, okay, can't. let me have a look at the data. So you see a lot of data company out there, a lot of business out there, they are very concerned about one thing business, cash flow. Yes, right. yes. Were they think about the data? No. They are business people. They, won't, they are not as articulate as us in data. So then they, they will have this gap that which we data scientists need to bridge on the data between them and the data, right?
2: Yes.
1: That's why we are hired as data scientists to bridge between the data and them. And this is actually a problem. They think that they have a data lake. But then you see... Multiple dirty data brings together doesn't become a data lake. It becomes a data swarm.
2: Yes, I want to say a data, <laughs> or data mangroves, right? They say yeah. you have clean data, but you got a this des- des- pump. You got clean and processed to be drinkable. Right?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's initially it can be quite scary, but then once you actually walk through multiple data swarm yourself, it becomes second to none, really. So then you know what to do when you actually face a data swarm, what questions to ask, what's actually the, some of the people to approach and how do you approach them to get answers and things like that. Yeah. So I even have a standard procedure on how to clean data and things like that really. Yeah. So then it's not easy. The journey to become a data scientist is really literally from data analysis. That's, junior as you can be just try to actually learn be patient learn from scratch actually go and meddle with build data do i suggest joining data competition yes you can join data competition but then data competition are still competition right yes. you will see you will see maybe say data pre-prepared for you yes and not only that that is you don't see your model being deployed you I don't see your analytics being deployed as well.
2: No, not just yeah. the deployment part, but like you said, the data is prepared. Even the business case is well written for you. In reality,
1: yeah. you, we don't have
2: the C Street guy, the C suite guy will say, uh, Like for example, I, I want to increase my revenue. There's yeah, so right, many I just want ways to earn money. The revenue. <laughs> yeah.
1: What are you looking
2: at? Are you looking at the like you say, the product? Are you looking at your business? Are you looking at the people? There's yeah. so many ways that data science can do, right?
1: I want to grow my plants. <laughs> So that's actually the chemist. It's really a government chemist that I actually had met. So yeah, you're right. That is, even the business objectives are well written for you. So data competition, yes, is a good way to practice the things that you learn. But then ultimately, still, you used to hands-on, join a company, be humble. join a company, start as a data analyst, and then look at the data proper, and then just clean it properly. And then from there, you try to proceed on to become a journey as a senior data scientist, which actually is understanding how the tech stack flow, right? And then, of course, then the journey there will have to decide for you what kind of data science domain discipline you want to actually go into. There's a data science discipline, the five disciplines, numeric, image, text, video, vocal, what kind of industry you want to focus on. Is it banking? Is it insurance? Is it what kind of uh, industry? Then you will look at whether you want to actually still remain back-end or you want to actually go front-end, which you will talk more to business people. You need to understand how to explain things in layman manner. And then you will set up department as well. And then you actually do innovation. Then you also look at presenting to investors.
2: So tell me about, say that your view on digital transformation, let's say a C-suite client, he listen to this podcast or he knows you, then you're like, hey, I want to do data science. I want to do yeah. AI. What yeah. is your advice for them to think about how to begin this process?
1: How do we begin this process is, First, understand if you have data to actually begin with first.
2: <laughs> I do yes.
1: I do. How,
2: how do you ask him, and how do you get these people to be aware?:
1: I will actually ask him what kind of data that he has, and I do actually have two significant cases where their data it's really very interesting. <clears throat> One don't have data customers. they don't have customer ID. Wow. Which means that they only had transaction. So is, I was is, actually... Is
2: that a, a small company or a big company? No, without, without customer
1: It's a restaurant, basically. So it's a certain restaurant in Merida Basin that sells hero products. Those, those kind of yeah, heroes' yeah. products. But then it was closed down. It's quite a pity because that restaurant is actually quite nice. It's actually selling oh. those kind of, one of... Think of either DC or Marvel, or right? one of them. So I was actually quite enjoying the product and then they have to close down because they don't have a customer ID. And then because of that, they don't they only know what are the products that is selling well or sell not selling well, but they already know that. But what what we want what they want to do and we hope to provide is to profile their customer, to know what marketing messages we can send out in a targeted manner. To them to actually bring back the customer sustainability or win back the customer
2: yes so, so okay. they can't
1: because they don't have customer id
2: yeah yes so when you say that you tell them that hey you don't have customer id and uh, first of all you ask them hey how come you don't have customer id and what was the response when you tell them hey you don't have customer id i can't help you further the further
1: I, I, I was actually telling them that is there a possibility that you can start collecting your customer id first give them some loyalty because oh. you're opening for quite some time you should have able to actually give them some loyalty a card or whatever then yes. when you have they come back and then you scan the qr code and all those things then it's registered inside your transaction which customer like what kind of products then you can directly target the information to them then they'll say oh, okay we'll try to actually see if we do that or not then it goes oh. down why uh, okay. we data scientists are not magician we need data for science you don't have data we can't do science <laughs> that's the situation and another situation is that the company actually come to me and say jared i have a lot of data two hundred k interested wow was saying 300k confirm this is a business i can take up right okay. so 300k i have a very bad habit of it's a very funny habit. So every time when I actually look at the big data, I will actually look at the ID. So I actually do a deep, deep on the ID. Find out how many duplicate cases are there on the ID. So mm. guess what? 300k data, only three customers.
2: <laughs> Is it a B2B customer, very large customer base? For only no,
1: they were saying that. No, it's a B2C. And then they say, general <laughs> 300k customer. Oh yeah, 300k customer. And then you can do something about it then I will actually do a dedu- B to C, unique customer and he wants to profile the entire nation with
2: this thing. wait B to C 3 customer is it sell sell like Twitter to Elon Musk I mean, there's only three
1: <laughs> if that I will actually want to cut a 1 billion right <laughs> so then you see 300k and then he say he wants to use this 300k to profile the entire nation on energy saving Wow, such a noble deed. And then end up only three customers.
2: I can't do anything. Did you ask them how come or what could the reason be when they have this only data set where you only have three double duplicates data?
1: It's because it's the energy consumption usage of these three customers. <laughs> and you uh, know how their data is... If you give me a data dictionary, they are so proud of the data dictionary. They said, that Jared, this is a majestic data dictionary. So I look at it. Okay. Voltage. Description is voltage. And <laughs> description is end <laughs> right on the third column onwards I already give up already there is current the current in the variable name the description is current so I was actually asking him how am I going to understand what does the voltage use for is it for fan is it for fridge or is it for aircon or whatever is it oh voltage is voltage <laughs> I can't do anything for them like that <laughs>
2: I know, I think I had a very similar case for a travel company and they say, oh, we want to build the best AI system. I said, okay. They got really a lot of data, let's say in one tetra byte. But the problem is that the data was all over the place. And then mm-hmm. I said, okay, how can I piece all the data together? What's the unique key? You must have yeah. some customer ID or some common ID. Then, you know what yeah. they say? They say oh, because of this, like privacy data act from different country then the, the data engineer and software engineer they built with different id key there's no id equivalent nobody create an id click to piece all the data together and i expect me to be the encryption magic guy to oh this data set okay, to this data set how are
1: you gonna do that I don't know how you're going to do oh, that as okay. well. I have no. I okay. Yes. I, I'm. I although I'm a chief data scientist, but then if you actually give me this kind of situation, I also don't know what to do. <laughs> I can only say good luck. <laughs> how about this? We look at just one data itself, and then we try to actually solve something. Oh, with just a simple dashboard, but then you just give me one data without even ID. To we don't even know that the ID comes from the same guy or not.
0: Yes, I know what oh. mean.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so yes, so listener actually, listeners, so you're hearing this. We data scientists actually are not magician. Yes, we do have requirements from the data. If you if your data fits into this kind of situation that we just talked about, <clears throat> it's time to actually speak to a data engineer to uh, help to clean up the data a in. We can't do things with three customers to profile the entire nation or entire world. Three customers to profile the entire world, not possible. All right, as well. ID key not found. We don't even know whether the customer is the same guy or not that is hitting 300K inside your database. That's so risky to come up with a business strategy on just that itself, too. And then, The other one I actually talk about, so that is uh, what you can do with this data when your customer ID is not even there. On my case, only transactional information, and then you are telling me that you want to send targeted information to customer, but send to who? We can't. (laughs) Yes.
2: So don't you think that I'm just thinking out loud because uh, you mentioned about recommending starting data engineering to companies to be before they begin the path to AI or digital transformation uh, machine learning transformation yeah uh, but uh, some of the C-suite people like the CEO and CIO or CTO will say hey if we normally will hire a data scientist or we outsource to a data scientist assignment because we don't even know what we don't know the mm-hmm. Johari window as they say uh, we, will, we will only hire data engineer when the data scientist tells all the shit that we need or the gaps, or the areas of improvement, then we know what to hire a data engineer. What do you have to say about that?
1: That's fine. Then I can actually come in as an advisor. If you have money to spend, why not? Uh... We can work together on that. So if you want to hire a data engineer, I can actually pinpoint the problems to the data engineer because data scientists are not just expensive to hire, they are hard to find as well.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. You can say... There's a lot of graduates for, as a data scientist we just can bring them in as a data scientist, right? You're just actually killing. You're killing a young guy who is actually trying to be passionate as a data scientist.
2: Talking about mental health, <laughs> hashtag mental health,
1: right?
2: Yeah. I know where like all these junior guys can one like, just hire them and then throw at them, then three months later, hey, why the attrition rate is so high?
1: Huh? It's unfair that these young guys who are just really trying to progress in your career, right? You need guys like us who have actually seen the horror of itself in the database and really travel through many data swarms, then you will actually understand, okay, so this is the problem. We target the problem. We look at how we hire a data engineer in to properly see how we can actually do things with your database. While we data scientists, the experienced one, look at your database and see what else we can come up with first. As a low-hanging fruit, maybe? to actually see then we can actually build that on once we actually have a data engineer set up inside your company itself.
2: Yeah, don't you think that there's also a new emerging trend called the data strategies work for veterans like us, like data scientists or senior veterans, whereby they say that, okay, we have a business problem. Before we get a data engineer, can you guys give us a data strategy? Like you said, this business problem requires a uh, linear regression which is a numerical data scientist and then okay this is the data the output data you think this is the input data think. this is the normal question now this is a piece of work then you go and get a data engineer and do whatever the ETL thing. do you think this is a this data strategy work i call it data strategy yeah? it's an emerging path over time to to solve this bottleneck problem before they hire any junior data scientists or, or or build a data engineering team I don't know what now normally the People are asked, we go into the give me the data, make sense, take the business problem and then clean the data, build a data prototype, right? And then show yes. and do, please show and tell, and then put it in production. Yeah. But then there will be companies, that I want to get a sense of what is a data science work or data engineering work. Can you, like, it's like the, the management consulting era where the McKinsey Boston Consulting Group and Bain before they tell they, me they, they will hire essential ibm to build all this software and the processes they'll get the mckenzie guys or uh, the business strategy guys to say okay this is your business problem this is the approach now this is the the path now then you go and get the implementation guys to start hiring and building and operationalizing so the, the data strategy work is like you tell me the business problem. I look at the existing nomenclature of your database. Or if you don't have database, then I'll tell you, okay, this is the output that you want. This is the data of output. That you want. Let's say you want to increase revenue. Do you have revenue data? If you want to, let's say, boost your marketing, do you have this marketing of a customer ID? And there is these, all these factors. Ah. I give you all the factors. I tell you which, this factor, what type of data. And then this is a piece of work. This is called data strategy. What do you think of that?
1: Uh, yes, we can We can work out something like that. That is, we look at the business problem, then we actually devise a strategy, a yeah. possible one. But then it's actually the person who devised the strategy to actually continuing on the works to actually look at the data to see whether it fits onto the strategy or not. Then they will separate that is one group do the strategy, another group look at the data and then try to fit into the strategy.
2: <laughs> the fitting part and the testing part it only comes when you have the data right let's say yeah but when yeah. you don't have the um, when the client don't have the data but they want to figure out what they don't know before we buy this technically speaking i should be able to buy a house that is well designed every furniture everything electrical wiring everything in mm. i i first of all i don't know what i don't know should i buy a, a green wall or a blue wall can somebody just do a painting, a blueprint for me first. Yeah. Before they engage us as the contractor, that means we renovate for you, we drill this, drill that, do everything for you. We will ask you, do you have the budget and you want green colour, blue colour and all. If he doesn't know anything, how to get him to visualise, to say, hey, this is what I want. Okay, now I, let me get the data engineering first and then get you guys to help us hand-holding something like that. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So you see, this is actually a challenge of a data scientist as well. That okay. is, we usually start with the business problem and then we try to actually do a blueprint, right? But that's why I say the person that do the blueprint should actually go all the way down to the data to actually see whether he can enhance the blueprint along the way. Because you can't actually do a blueprint as company A, Right? Company A done the blueprint ready, and then hire company B. We such we a cheaper option. right? Say cost. Right? Cheaper option. Company B will actually do up the fulfillment of company A blueprint. That will actually be a horror story. I, I
2: would say it's a cheaper option. Rather, it is... Once you have this, come back to me again. Because they don't have the data. They yeah. go and use your service. It will take a much longer time. Yeah. But if, they, if you tell them, hey, okay, you pay me this amount here's the blueprint, you have the data, come back for the full service.
1: That's possible, possible. But then that the company really must come back to the person who suggests the blueprint. Because you see, then it's the responsibility of the planner of the blueprint to look at what is being collected and then see whether we can enhance the blueprint further.
2: The likelihood of the customer coming back to the guy who built the blueprint will be very high because you... When you build the, let's say you give the, this is the data sets that you need. But you didn't tell them the algorithm. So they just get the data set. And then they go to another data scientist. The other data scientist, they don't have the previous context, right?
1: Yeah. That's why you see, when I was actually at an e commerce company, I was saying that, yeah, I can actually build a profiling model because this is actually what they want. They want you to know their customers, right? So they say, we know our customers marital status. We even know where they stay and all those things, right? Yeah, it sounds very fairy tale. You have everything about customers from A to B, so I know that's uh, from A to Z. Yeah, everything. So I know it's a red flag. So I say, okay, you have everything about the customers. I can do profiling. Give it to me. So when I join, they have only gender and age. Ah huh? <laughs> Yeah, I know. So you see, that's why. Yes, I design a blueprint and say that yes, we can profile a customer using certain model. But then when it comes to me and say that, oh, okay, they only have gender and age. So what can we do? So we have to enhance the blueprint, right? Like, example, a data engineer, maybe a poor young data scientist to actually fulfill the blueprint when the guy who designed the blueprint has no context of the data. It will be very scary.
2: <laughs> I would say it's very scary, but I think it happens a lot of times. You, normally, it leads to high attrition rate, especially if they want to build in-house hiring. Because the previous guy, I mean, in the name of Agile, a lot of company like Agile, the problem with Agile is that the documentation is very scat, and a lot mm. of the knowledge is actually embedded in the brain of the previous guy. Yeah. So any new data scientist that just came out, data science manager, hey, eh, wow, this machine learning 600,000 lines of code, huh? where's the documentation? Oh, so the predecessor just uh, quit, really. Oh wait, can I talk to him? I'm sorry, I don't think you can. How, how do you solve this
1: kind of problem, man? At least the code must have comments inside. <laughs> if the codes have comments inside, then it takes people like us who is actually went through many data swamps, went through many data codes. Even without the commands is the, the comments itself, we can understand by running it, we can understand how why the these commands are running like that. Right. Roughly understand but of course then we have a documentation it will be easier right and then yeah you're right that is we need we have this also this issue that this uh, data scientist a quit and then leave a legacy and then the data science data scientist b have to actually take over the work it's also a very interesting legacy that needs to be taken over i had actually another example Someone actually contacted me on LinkedIn and say, Jared, I have a model that have totally no predictors inside the linear regression. All the models are actually unimportant. Why is this so? I never built model like that. Actually, it is actually surprising that all the business factors actually comes up as not important. Oh, <laughs> then it's become why go to c, why go to constant? So yeah. plus error. <laughs> yeah, or maybe plus plus." Uh, Plus C, that's all all I got to see. So I was actually saying, can you tell me a blueprint of it? So he said, we are actually using the travel data, right? To actually see what the customer want on the e-commerce company. It sounds very doable because this is actually a blueprint that was designed, but then was left by someone and then they are trying to fulfill it. And then I was actually asking, so who designed it? That is travel and then to e-commerce. I didn't say the solution but I was saying that if you pay me money I'll tell you what's going on yes so <clears throat> I was sitting around in the cafe I was actually thinking why the hell that the business factors are all unimportant in the linear regression model then after thinking for a while I was actually joking with my CEO I say you know what it is just like asking McDonald's customers whether they are satisfied with KFC food <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just <laughs> why do you say that
1: <laughs> it is very funny, right? The analogy. Nothing wrong with that. We yeah. eat McDonald's eat KFC. But yeah. one is looking for burger. And another one is looking for chicken. So you're looking... You're using travel data to actually predict e-commerce needs. It's, of course, all the factors will be unimportant,
2: right? The target audience doesn't... Like you say, if the, the McDonald lovers just want to eat McDonald's and they don't want KFC as... Yes.
1: Yeah, one is looking for burger... <laughs> The other one looking for chicken viewer, So I was asking them this question. I didn't tell them the solution. I was asking them this question. Do you mind if I take over, that we recollect the data? I. Then they stop talking to me altogether. They know what's going on. <laughs> uh, I think they know what's going on. It's a, it's a project that is actually going to be in failure, basically. they don't. I don't think they have much time left, actually, in... This is the problem huh, with designing blueprint. If you actually get a very seasoned data scientist to design a blueprint, and that blueprint actually gives to newbie to work on, you're literally really
2: asking for trouble. Yeah, I, I think, uh, talking about timeline, this is one of the things that I want to talk about. Let's say, for C-suite guys that wants to build AI, build machine learning, build transformation, where is it from scratch or taking over legacy? How do you respond to them when they say, hey, Jero, you can do it. You see it. You super good. You super expert. You superhero. Can you get this thing done in three months' time? Hmm. When you know that when you saw the size of the scope of the problem, this thing will be like a six months, twelve months, eighteen months problem. How do you hmm. respond? Or do you have any stories like that?
1: I will tell them that if you want it to be in three months, there will be three months' quality basically. So I will actually say, "Why don't we actually look at eight months' quality instead?" so if you want three months it's three month quality one eight months is months quality i believe that eight months quality is much better yeah so then you see <clears throat> someone actually told me before they want a machine learning model done next next second awesome. i don't even i haven't even seen the raw data he wanted next second so next second i had a phd colleague his face literally went white i said don't worry let me handle the situation so then what happened was that we had a meeting with twitter right so twitter wants to wants us to engage them i said yes you can engage we can engage you if you can give us a machine learning model in next second because you see my my that boss of that client of mine is not interested in listening to an asian guy Huh. So I might as well let a Caucasian to actually list talk to them. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it always happened. I don't know why it always happened that maybe they think that data scientist means that you must be a Caucasian that can be a data scientist. So what happened <laughs> is that I actually get the Twitter guy and say that fine, you want us to engage you? Can you must give us a machine learning model within the next second without even looking at the raw data? So he was saying. Jared, even our very experienced chief data scientists need at least seven months like that, ish, to actually, or seven weeks to seven months like that. I can't remember the timeline, to actually work out the machine learning, and that's actually a very draft format. How can you expect that kind of very weird request? Then that uh, client of mine who's sitting right across the other end of the table say, Jared, I get what you're trying to do. I understand. <laughs> so he dropped the idea of next second produce machine learning model without even looking at the raw data. It's funny though it's weird way that maybe they're actually some there are too much data conference that they attend. Yeah. And then they saw that the data scientist presenter actually boom see this is actually my model. Boom boom this is my model. That's why I hate boom data scientists. <laughs> boom boom. That's my model. But it's not that to do that, you need to have a thorough present preparation of your data first. Yes. Before you can even start that, yeah.
2: <laughs> or maybe it could be another case where another snake oil guard company is sold them something and promised them next second. Right? I mean... it's a
1: very dangerous thing to actually say that next second you actually come up with a machine learning model I don't even I won't even trust the machine learning model <laughs> uh, uh,
2: that's is, this, this is the story of the next second I have a story about uh, there was this client that came to me and he said hey I paid millions of dollars to a brand consulting firm and they built this product uh, they can guarantee uh, return of investment of whatever product that use." This diagnostic kit then i was like okay then why are you looking me for see but after we we paid this money and i get all the people to go out marketing outreach to implement it, oh, it was 18 months already i don't see any roi on two things one is the product doesn't give roi to my existing customer i don't have roi on my marketing then okay. I was like, okay, can you give me a data? Then when I look at the data, I say, hey, the, this is the claim. I say, these are the factors that will guarantee this score and this score will guarantee increased revenue. And I was like, okay, Then I just basically look at that. And then I asked that, hey, what's the algorithm? What's the method? They say, oh, they just built this product and then they just sell us this thing. closed, wire package. And said, I don't even see the code. Then how do I know? Can you get documentation? Oh, they say, no, this is. A well paper product. Then I say, okay, can you go back to them? Just give me the input output data. Then I just do my A B testing. Yeah. Then I just show them the result. you say that this input can lead to output, doesn't work. Yeah. And then they came to me, and say, can you rebuild this for me? And they had seen
1: a reverse engineer. (laughs)
2: <laughs> a reverse engineer where I don't even know the algorithm and you can't get it from your vendor. Yeah. Uh, how do you respond to that? I also wonder.
1: Let's not doubt that the product actually doesn't work. It it's you have to speak with the person that is in charge of the product. He might have a certain vision of how the product should be used and how it should be used, right? Um, but then if the person who used it wrongly and didn't come up with the expected outcome. It's not fair to you to be asking as a scapegoat
2: mm. or a body bag
1: to actually say that, oh, because you did a shitty job of not proving that the model doesn't work, then it's not the business of the stakeholder. No, it's not like that. It's That's why I say that whoever that implement the machine learning model, blueprint or the product, you should sit through the entire thing and tell the client that why is it working? Why is it not working? And things like that. So... For example, my model itself, yes. I will tell my client that it is not a magic pew, right? If you don't, if you introduce new product, which is today introduced, you cannot actually expect it to have ROI mix again, right? So if you, today is a newly innovated product that is on your end, like a shoe, a new shoe, new pair of shoe, right? New brand. You cannot expect it to have millions of dollars tomorrow, right?
2: hi guys thanks for listening to this podcast
0: in part four with jared both are exchanging stories on dealing with weird customers they also talk about the importance of managing the client's expectations and scoping of the work alongside with the budget jared shared his view on the future of ai he believes that elon musk is very likely to be right about the future of ai he shared his favorite book on ai and tell a story of how his mentor helped him
2: if this is the first time you are tuning in Remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.